Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. And let me welcome to the show uh, somebody that knows history and all of the things because he's out there and, and he's got that in his DNA. His mama is somebody that writes about this stuff as well. Uh, he's a brother, comedian, director. Uh, y'all may see him on the United Shades of America on CNN. Uh, I... I have to publicly apologize to you because I was uh, boycotting your Bill Cosby documentary, but it actually was all of the things. That's why you got to watch stuff sometimes before you formulate an opinion. Uh, he's his smart. Pre- well, right, let me I, let me introduce you. Okay, then you can all right, all right, let me uh, let me welcome W. Kamau Bell is back. Hello, hi. Hello, hello. I, I love you. I appreciate you. I understand you, and I appreciate you having me on. Because I was like, when you wrote, when you eat, when you sent me a DM saying, I, I, "I've been giving you some heat out there," and I was like, "I hear you. I will let me get you a copy of it so you can see it, and so you can at least know where the, know where I'm coming from." So thank you for that. Yeah. You didn't need to apologize, but I appreciate. No, it. I mean, listen, we for me, I, I'm I'm very absolute. I'm very black and white in the space that I'm in right now, and my edict is how to how do it free us. And, you know, ultimately for me, I'm doubling down on the narrative that black people are powerful. We we gave the world civilization and I'm going to be my own version of the ADL. I'm not I'm not here for any (laughs) anti-black anything. We're going to have our conversations among ourselves about the things we need to gather up. But by and large, I want to, you know, try to balance the scales in terms of. The, all of this negative sure. inf- information. So I thought, you know, by what I was seeing, I was like, this is contributing to, all right, the man went to jail. Mm-hmm. He should be, you know, he just got, you know, he's got another trial. He found guilty, it, you know, civilly. Um, uh, he's, to me, lost his luster, even though he's mm-hmm. unrepentant. But mm-hmm. you did a very fair and balanced job, which you uh, always do. Thank so, you very much. Um, I appreciate that. It means a lot to that. me. Yeah. Uh, and your smile, you did something with your smile. It looks amazing. So just, look, look. <laughs> like, who did that? Who did it? Who so did Dr. it? Dr. Kami in Berkeley, Dr. Kami in Berkeley, California. You know, okay. chef's kiss, chef's in kiss. The middle, in the middle of the pandemic, as I saw my smile disappearing, and I was like, but I like smiling. I had to go uh, get some get some dental work done. Come but on. You I, know what's I, interesting about that? Because people, because you're very rich now, you know, <laughs> and I, I see a lot of rich people out there with jacked up grills, and I'm like, you know, you could. Like this, there's one that's on TV all the time, and I'm like, you got the tops and you didn't get the bottoms done. Now your <laughs> bottoms are fine, but you know, like your bottoms yeah. look like Stonehenge and they're brown. Yeah, get yeah. the bottoms done too. I know you got the money. What is it? Y'all think we can't see this anyway? No, no, no. no. I appreciate that. And for me, it was also a health thing because if your teeth fall apart, then you that's a, that's one of those keys in which where your health can fall apart. So it was really like. Some of it was vanity, but a lot of it was just like, I just don't want my teeth to fall out of my head. So thank you for Facts. that. Yeah, no, that's, uh, people don't even know that the heart uh, health that goes with your dent- your dentals, which is why teeth cleaning every six months is super important and making sure you don't mm-hmm. have gum disease. But that's not what you're here for. That's what I'm not here for. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> come, it's the first on. time I've ever talked about that, but yes. Yeah. That's, I mean, I'm here because I know the stuff I, and I'm hey, not ignoring anything. Um, I appreciate it. So you wrote a book. You are, I mean, it's not your first, um, this is not your first book and it's called. But it's my the, best book. This is your best book. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm also kind of struggling with this anti-racist movement that's in this country because I feel like we're, what we're asking people to be is not anti-racist, but human beings. Like, I feel mm. like the movement should be around tap into your humanity, be a damn human being and start to look at people as humans and not yeah. as other, you know, but your book is called Do the Work, an anti-racist activity book. 
Tell us about it. So here's what I would say about that. I think because then let's be clear. The target audience of this book is not Karen Hunter. Like, let's be clear about that. Okay, you, like you, you might, I think there's stuff in here you would learn from and be curious about, and you might find funny and ways to share, and it might be a new way for you to share the information. But it is people who, I think if you say to them, we, had, we need to be more human, that they might say back to you, that's right, I don't care if you're black, white, green, orange, and they start to go to that place. And it's like, no, no, no. We need to talk about all of us and all of our different specific cultures and racial differences and how America full stop is a white supremacist situation that is that is oppressing all of us who are not white, heterosexual, rich white men and, and white people and puts everybody below that. So we need to talk about that specifically. And I think the idea of anti-racism and again, in this context is like some people have been led to believe through our history classes, through through television, that racist only means the KKK. And so if you're not out there burning crosses on black people's lawns, then you're not then you're not participating in racism. And I think the idea of anti-racism is like, no, the same way every day we get up and have things we have to do in order to get through our lives. We need to make dismantling racism a part of that. You're already doing that. We're talking to people who are who in 2020 thought changing their Instagram square to black was anti-racist work. <laughs> We're talking to people who recently over Juneteenth went to Walmart and got Juneteenth flavored ice cream and thought that was anti-racist work. We're talking to white people now it doesn't mean that there aren't black people who will get something out of this book the way we wrote the book me and my co-writer uh kate Schatz, who's a white woman from from the east bay of california and anti-racist and has written the rad american women series a to z we knew that our activist friends were going to pick this book up when they saw our names on it and so we wanted to be clear with those people i don't know if we can swear on here but the idea being that like this book is funny but it's not fucking around so like the intro is written by Alicia Garza, a great oh. friend of ours, one of the co-founders of Black Lives Matter and a powerful organizer and activist in her own right. And it is and we are citing all of our sources. So there's Tressie McMillan Cottom is in the book and Kimberly Crenshaw is in the book. And and there's a, the middle of the book is called Centering Black Women's Voices. So we literally put black women's voices in the center of the book. So we are really we have a, a bibliography so you can go so you can go do more work. And it is set up in a way that you will if you're really about this anti-racist life, then you will treat it the same way you're about. Let's say you work out, you know, if you only work out once a year, you're not really working out. So, but if you work out regularly, you will actually see results. It's the same with racism. If you do anti-racism work regularly, you'll see results. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll allow that. Uh, w. Kamau Bell is here. The book is called Do the Work, an Anti-Racist Activity Book. Um, I, I do believe that some of our problem are the well-meaning, liberal-minded people who don't see color. But mm -hmm. the vast majority, because I'm reading Gangsters versus Nazis, and I just finished um, Malcolm Nance's new book, They Want to Kill Americans. And if you read those back to back, you get a clear picture that there is a very large faction in this country, larger than I think any of us would even care to believe or think. Um, and he said, even if it's only 300,000, that's still more um, manpower than what Northern Ireland amassed to put Brit Great Britain on their ass, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's more than three, 300,000. I think it's more than 3 million people who believe that people who look like you, people who look like me do not deserve any rights in this country other than to serve. Mm -hmm. And that there is a Jewish faction that is controlling the levers mm -hmm. of power and they need mm -hmm. to die. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and they really believe it. And it's foundational. 
So it's not mm-hmm. just like it just popped up because the Nuremberg laws were literally crafted from our Jim Crow laws. And it was complicity, not even not just mm-hmm. IBM and Warburg and other American led, uh, you know, companies. But the notion of eugenics started mm-hmm. birthed here, Harvard. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the battle is more than just, you know, helping some well-meaning people who didn't have the gumption of a John Brown or Viola Luozzo or Schwerner and Goodman, you know, who literally would put their life on the line to mm-hmm. bring forth true freedom and justice. But there's something more insidious going on. How do we reach those people? Well, that's what I'm saying. I think that, like, we, we don't think of this book as being the definitive end-all resource. I think there's many ways we got to get to dismantling this white supremacy. And so some of this is like, and I think when we think about all those books that shot to the top of the bestseller list in 2020 in the wake of George Floyd's murder by the Minneapolis Police Department, a lot of the Michelle Alexander's The New Jim Crow is a great book. Uh, Even X. Kendi's How to Be an Anti-Racist Confront. There's many books that confront this, and we see... All, but if it's still if we don't live in an anti-racist society, then it then it's not working. <laughs> we need to keep working on it. So for me, this is absolutely a work in progress. We are trying to get the people who, and there's many different people who need to be confronted. And I think there's many different ways to get to some more John Brown white folks. Right now, we're just trying to get people who are on the couch watching it happen and and say they want to do something. We're trying to make it irresistible for you to do something we're mm-hmm. trying to put it in a way that's why the book is trying to be funny it's it's colorful all the art in the book was done by uh black indigenous uh and artists of color so it's and so the we had a, the black a black woman named diane holton designed it from washington dc we are trying to put this in a language you understand but also get the people paid who are affected by this mo- the, at the most and you know in the book we talk about like we have a thing. There's a thing called donation bingo. It's like sort of sort of tell you don't you want to donate to the national organization? Donate to the mutual aid organization in your in your community. Donate to the donate to the things that are around you. Stop trying to look. Stop trying to pretend like this is far away from you. I hang out with the ACLU. I work with the ACLU. They your twenty five dollars will go a lot further with with an with a with a with a, with a group in your community than it will go with the ACLU. Mm. All politics is local. But all all freedoms local, right? Your state mm-hmm. legislatures, your mm-hmm. city councils, your your school boards will have way more impact on your actual life than the Senate, than yeah. the president. Yeah. Uh, but we we you know that seems easy because it's a checklist. I voted, yeah. check. Yep. I did. I yep. did my part. I donated. Check. I if, I signed a petition. Check. <laughs> And if you really are about voting as being your cause, which some people are, we always have people go, don't forget to tell people to vote, then also work on making voting more convenient in your community. Make work on registering people to vote. Work on work against the voter suppression laws if you are in a red state. That's if that if voting is your thing, it is definitely not just about the day you show up and and pull the lever. It's about making voting more convenient and more accessible in your community, especially with the communities that they try to pull the voting the polls out of uh, in the black and brown communities. Um, You personally, uh, this this season on United Shades of of America, you had Michael Harriet, which is amazing. Um, Yeah. Talking about woke culture. Um, There's a lot of like terminology today and and Mm -hmm. you know just really easy ways to truncate the things that are happening without having deep meaningful conversation which you actually specialize in on your show what are you most proud of this season you know what i'm most proud of the fact that this is the first season of united shades of america that we have an all-black camera crew 
that everybody on the camera crew is black. Each there's three camera persons and a, camera people and a camera assistant, and it is all black folks. And it was something that the the producer and director of the show, Mo Fallon, who worked with Anthony Bourdain on Parts Unknown for ten years, uh, and worked and and he's a white guy, but he's one of the good ones. He's not like the rest. <laughs> and he was like, "I am committed to this show having an all black camera crew." Which you may, if you're not in show business, that may not sound like a big deal, but it is a huge deal. There may be black movies by made by black people that don't have all black camera crews. And I'm not trying to shade anybody. I'm just saying that, like, we did that on our show. That's the thing I'm the most proud of is that black people filmed it. That's why I look so good on this season of the show, because I was filmed by black folks. All right. And I'm somebody that actually loves the diversity of being black and having a multitude of different people because I don't believe race is a real thing. So we only live that out. But you you have in your home different races so <laughs> yeah you know, so when you work with all black people you go home and then there's like you know beige and, and white folk uh <laughs> there's, a, there's a there's a there's a white lady there's three mixed race black kids yeah. right, right, right uh right. yeah there's yeah my black mom yeah we got but you know yeah. and that's the thing i'm not saying there weren't here's the here's what the important part is it is hard for black people to get in positions of being on camera crews in Hollywood because there's so many white people in the way. Yeah. So if you want to change the industry, you have to actually reach out and grab people who their resumes not even say they can do the job because they haven't gotten the opportunities to do the job. Now, that doesn't mean that I will never work with interracial crews again or more white people again. It just means that it became important to take a stand on our show and then to not only take a stand, but talk about it. So other people here are saying it and they try to and they can replicate it. I love it. I I love it. I can't wait to get into a position uh, at that level that you're on right now because it's coming. Uh, oh yeah, it's coming. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. All right. Um, your mom is is dope. I just want to say yes. that uh, Janet Cheatham Bell. <laughs> she, she would agree with you. Yes. Tell me. Uh, tell me one story being raised by a Taurus woman. Oof, oof. Okay, uh, I mean, <laughs> one story. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a. Uh, I mean, this the thing. The thing I the, when I think about my mom and how she raised me, there's two stories I think about. One is the fact that when I was about six or seven years old, and I've written about this and talked about this before. I, if I've told the story in the show, please stop me. But it's the idea that she took me when I was about when I was about the age where I might get on my bike and go down the street and buy something from the local store. You know, this was when you could do it at six or seven that she was like, she walked me into the local convenience store and said, okay, you see that man, that white man down there who's looking at us? Yeah, that man is the store detective. He's following us around because he thinks we're going to steal something because we're black. We're living in Boston at this point. My mom is saying this at a volume that this man can hear us. He's trying to pretend like he's doing something else when we know what he's doing. And she said, this is what this this is what will happen to you when you are in these stores. So be aware of these people following you. Be aware of these people looking at you. And, and and be aware of what you're touching, what it looks like you're doing, because they are going to look for any reason to think that you're stealing something. And so for me, that's a story that my mom, from the, as we get afraid of talking to kids about racism and then black folks aren't, that my mom was like, I, it, if I don't talk to you about racism, I'm putting you, it is negligent parenting on my behalf. So that's the kind of mom I grew up with. And you're an only child. So um, yep. that... That was everything. And I, you know, I, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, and I appreciate you covered all today uh, because you, you're making the rounds and, you know, ha- having to understand the publishing apparatus that you're, you know, under, you got to, I need everybody without melanin, as our cousin Jane would say, <laughs> every melanemic person listening. And you know, you're there. Cause I know you're yes. there. Um, yep. Buy this book, 
do the work. Mm-hmm. This is your this is your homework right now. Do mm-hmm. the work. An anti-racist activity book. You buy three copies and give it to mm-hmm. two people in your circle that mm-hmm. you know are racist. <laughs> that's your that's your that's your homework. Yes. I'm not putting this yes. onus on. This is on melanemic people, people yes. without melanin. For buy sure. this book. Buy three sure. copies. Get for the sure. audio book. Listen to it for yourself, and then buy two. <laughs> gift it to yeah. somebody. I just feel like you know we're in a world where we want it to be coming together. I'm doing mm-hmm. my part. Here's a book. Please read it, and let's have a discussion about it. Yes, that's absolutely. what I think should happen. Absolutely, that should be the absolutely. Eating. All right, Thank I know you. you have to run. Uh, but W. Kamal Bell, we're going to check you out and everything. Follow him at W. Kamal, K-A-M-A-U Bell on the Twitters, United Shades of America, and all the other amazing things he's done. And he'll be back, of course. Thank you for and being it's a, here. Yeah, I'll be back whenever you want me. It's an honor to be back. And I'm glad we were in conversation about all the things. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, we got we knocked that out. We got I, yeah. I checked off everything I want to talk. Well, not everything, but you you know. We, we yeah, keep, but we I'll be talking. back. We can talk about it again. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to The Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.